Good morning, church. I hope you are all safe and warm. Uh, as we're recording this, it's kind of chilly and wet out, and my children are really happy that we're not raking leaves today. Uh, we're in a series called Being Thankful. The, the graphic is a fuel tank from empty to thankful. I love it. Um, you can see it on the screen back here. Today, we're gonna to be talking about being thankful even though. And with Thanksgiving coming up, it's really appropriate that we're talking about being thankful, right? Uh, Thanksgiving is something we should talk about. Being thankful is something we should talk about. But it's 2020, right? It's 2020. This year's been really tough. It seems like there's very little to be thankful for. There's a lot of unhappy people in the world right now. Would you agree? The University of California has determined that we can increase our happiness by 25% just by being thankful. That's crazy. Just by having an attitude of gratitude, our happiness can go up by 25%. I don't know what 25% happier looks like. That's a weird statistic to me. But you know, everything going on, somebody needs to be happier. I need to be happier. Just by being thankful, we can be healthier and deal with stress better. I don't know about you, this year has been really stressful. It's really easy to be thankful and have this attitude of gratitude when you're being blessed, when things are going right. It's really easy when you have your health. It's really easy when you have your job. It's really easy when you have a home, gas in your car, food in your fridge. But what about when those things go away? What about when you're in the middle of a storm? This morning we were eating breakfast and our house started shaking because there was thunder. And, and Cara does not like thunderstorms. And we're sitting there eating our waffles and she goes, Dad, the house is shaking. Well, yeah, it's thunder. But I don't like storms. I go, well, you should be thankful for the storm because now you don't have to go rake leaves. <laughs> And she was, she was thankful that it was thundering because now she didn't have to rake leaves. Let's look at today's passage where I got the title for today. The title for today's sermon is being thankful even though. And when I read this passage, it like, I can't even describe you the light bulb that turned on in my brain as I was reading this because I was gonna go a completely different way with this sermon. And then I was reading this and I was like, oh, this is where it is. Flip over to you in your Bibles to Psalm chapter 23, verses 1 through 6. And if you want to get on greateraltonchurch.com, org, they both get there, you can click on sermons and you can find the notes for today's sermon. In Psalms chapter 23, verses 1 through 6, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, your goodness and love will follow me 
all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Even though, even though, that is a powerful statement. Even though, do you know this psalm wasn't written about a good time in David's life? Scholars believe that David is writing about the day he faced off against Goliath. A day when there was a literal giant in front of him. Just think about it. Israel's army is camped up here. The Philistines are camped up here and in between is a valley. And this little itty bitty shepherd boy comes walking down and just think about this towering hunk of a man Goliath and David stands in his shadow. Goliath is blocking out the sun and David goes, even though I walk in the valley of darkness, I will fear no evil for you are with me. That's a, that's a hard thing for a kid to wrap his mind around, right? Even though bad things are happening, David's going to be thankful. David's going to remember who's in charge. I think of other people in scripture who talk about how much hardship has been in their life and they still have this attitude of gratitude. I think of Paul. The Apostle Paul talks about hardships often in his writings. He talks about how he was shipwrecked multiple times. He was beaten within an inch of his life. He was persecuted so many other ways. He was even bit on the hand by a viper when he was washed ashore after one of those shipwrecks. But do you know what he told the Philippians about hardship? In Philippians 4, 6 through 7, it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're going through. I say that a lot. I say that a lot when I'm on video because there's way more people watching this than I have actually met. I don't know where you're at. You could be somewhere else in the country watching this video. God knows where you're at. God knows what you're going through. What I do know is this year has been hard on everyone. I have not talked to one person that said, you know what, I don't know what everybody's talking about. This year has been gravy. Not a single person. And it seems that there is less to be grateful for each day. That first round of COVID back in the spring, I don't think I knew personally one person who caught it. In the last few weeks, I can't even count on two hands how many people I know have COVID right now. And I pray for you guys, those of you who have it, we've been praying for you as a family. What can we do in these dark times? How can we be thankful? How can I be thankful even though? You could just be able to say, how can I be thankful even though 2020? And everybody will understand. You know that term, we got 2020 vision, takes a whole nother plane of meaning now. 
It's not just hindsight. It's, well, we learned how to see in 2020. How can I be thankful even though? You know, God will help me have a grateful heart when I, there's three things that I've learned in my own life. When I, so God will help me have a grateful heart when I, number one, select my focus. I went to school to be a photographer. And one of the things our professors taught us is this thing called selective focus. It's where you use what the camera has to select your focus. Mike, that sounds really dumb. You just said the same thing twice. I go, I know, I know. It sounded really dumb when I started learning it. But you can, you can use things like your f-stops and your shutter speeds and your ISOs. And I just started speaking Greek to a bunch of you. But Chelsea knows what I'm talking about. And you can make your image so that the viewer goes where you want them to. So the person looking at your image knows exactly what you wanted them to focus on. The background can be blurred out. The foreground can be blurred out. And just one part of your picture can be in focus. That doesn't mean you delete everything else in the picture. That just means you see what the maker of the image wanted you to see. On November 1st, CBS Sunday Morning had a story about the next pandemic. They said there's going to be another pandemic soon. And it's going to be a mental health pandemic. Because of all the social distancing, the stress, and the anxiety, there's going to be this mental health pandemic. And I can understand. I can understand how there is so much stress and anxiety. I almost despise hearing the term in these uncertain times. It just makes me want to punch that person in the face sometimes. Because every time is uncertain. There is no certain time. Have you ever lived in the world where you're like, oh, I know exactly what's going to happen tomorrow. I know exactly what's going to happen next week. I know exactly who's going to win the presidential election. Ha! Nobody knows who's going to win the presidential election. Even now. Something stupid could still happen. And I'm not saying for either side. I don't have a horse in the race. A few weeks ago, I was having a discussion with our girls. And I was, we were having a discussion about something bad that happened that day. And Kara just was having a really rough day. And she just started blaming everything on 2020. And to be fair, I was agreeing with her. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't verbally agreeing with her because I'd be bad parenting. But I was in my head, I'm like, girl, you're so right. And uh, that wasn't right. I, we needed to keep talking. We needed to talk this out. And at one point in the discussion, she wished that the year 2020 never happened. And I saw a few problems arising in this conversation as it went on. So I asked her to tell me one thing that happened that was good that day. And really quickly, she gave me one thing. And I'd love to tell you I'm such a great parent. I remembered what it was. I don't. But I do remember she had something good that happened that day. So then I was like, okay, great. That happened today. Tell me three things that happened good last week. And again, I could, I don't remember what she said, but she had three good things that happened the week before. And it didn't take her very long to figure it out. There was good stuff that happened the week before. You know, finally I, I asked her to tell me her favorite memory of 2020 so far. And she was real quick. 
real quick, she brought up, there was a weekend, we were supposed to go to Florida. We were supposed to be in Florida visiting my aunt and uncle and it got postponed. So I had gotten some extra money and we decided we're gonna go camping. We're gonna go to Lake Rudolph. We usually do that every year anyway. And we'll go out to Indiana, we'll go camping. And because I had a little extra money, I was able to surprise the girls with tickets to Holiday World. And we got to spend a day at Holiday World, which low key Holiday World during the quarantine is way better than Holiday World without the quarantine. No lines, it was awesome. So cool, we had such a great time. We talked about how we rocked the golf cart parade. I uh, had my tailgater set up. We were rocking out to some music. We played some Judah and the Lion. We played some King Country. We played some other stuff. You know, it was awesome. We put our giant inflatable American Eagle on the top of the roof and we had lights going. We were like, America. And it was so much fun. We talked about how she braved and conquered the Chasing Cheetah roller coaster, water roller coaster. I mean, and I mean, me and her lost to Cassie and Blythe, but that's a whole nother thing. Um, we talked about how we had movie nights every night while we were camping. We watched the uh, first three movies of Pirates of the Caribbean. The girls had never seen it, didn't realize the girls never saw it. So we'd light a fire, did s'mores, projected it on a bed sheet. It was awesome. We talked about how she went horseback riding and it was really cool, it was something we never did. What she needed to do was take her focus off of the negative and put it onto the positive. She had to select her focus. I didn't tell her, forget about all the bad. The bad didn't happen. I didn't say that. What I had her do is look at the good things that were happening because there are good things that are happening this year. There are so many good things happening this year that are just getting overshadowed because we focus on the negative. There, there, there's been peace treaties signed. There have been people coming out and, and helping other people. You don't see this. I, Mr. Rogers' mom always told him, look for the helpers. She had him select his focus. Yeah, there was a huge disaster, but God sent his people in. And that's happening all over the world right now. We talked about Paul and all the bad things that happened. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13, he, said, he told the Philippians, I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. He also told the Thess Thessalonian church in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Paul is trying to reveal a great secret to us. Something hidden in Christ. He's implying that there's something to be grateful for in every circumstance. How do we do that? 
How, how can I be grateful in 2020? How can I be grateful when my family is getting sick, when my job is insecure right now? I could lose my job, and because I lose my job, I could lose my house, and I could not have food for my family. And Mike, I'm so lonely, and this is stupid. How can I be grateful? You know what? I'm not saying those things aren't valid. Those things are completely valid. But if I focus only on the negative, I'm going to miss the positive. We have to focus on the things to be grateful for. Not burying our head in the sand and just forgetting all the negative. No, I am not telling you to just bury your head. I'm not trying to tell you to blow pink bubbles up your butt. I am telling you there are things to be grateful for. Going back to the conversation that I was having with Carr and Blythe, because we weren't finished yet. Yeah, Holiday World was great. But I pointed out that because of 2020, we have been able to spend so much time together. Because of COVID-19, our family has just been like, we've been cooped up in our house a lot. I told them how grateful I was and how grateful they should be that Cassie was able to stay home with them and be their teacher. Now, sometimes Cassie wasn't always grateful for that, which that's a joke, Cassie is. She's rolling her eyes at me right now. If I look over at her, you could probably hear her laughing at me. But she was able to be their teacher. Our kids developed close relationships with the neighborhood kids because they were all quarantined too, and we were like, we're all quarantined in the same area. Let's just, you know. I'm so grateful for Libby and Piper and Ollie. It's been great. You know, but probably the biggest blessing of 2020 has been my niece, Annie. The day we went on lockdown was the day Annie was born. I didn't get to see her face to face for the first six weeks of her life. But when we did finally get to meet, oh my gosh, she is so awesome. Not saying that my other nieces and nephew aren't awesome, but like this was a special 2020 gift, right? And I want, and you know, because of this, because of this quarantine and stupid stuff that we have to do to stay safe, Annie got to spend the first six months of her life at home with her family, just like that, together. Her mom and her dad and her sister, they were all together for six months. They grew so close. My sister made this thing and she took a piece of construction paper and my brother-in-law put his handprint on with some paint and then my sister put her hand on and then Grace put her hand on and then they had Annie's hand on and it was 2020, the year when everybody stayed apart, we grew together. Isn't that awesome? That, that wouldn't have happened in 2019 because Joe would have been at work. Nikki would have been at work. That wouldn't have happened. And because Nikki is now a stay home at mom, that means my girls can go there after school. And my girls get to spend so much time with their aunt and their little cousins, and they can be this little group, and it's so cool to see. What are you focusing on in the even though times? Are you focusing on the world going to hell in a handbasket? Are you focusing on the blessings that God is still pouring out on you? Something else, something else that I can do. If I want God to help me be thankful in trouble in the even though times, I surround myself with positive people. 
I think about the people in Scripture who lived through even though times. I mean, obviously there's David. That's where we started this lesson. He wrote that passage that we read at the very beginning. And during his even though times, he was surrounded by his mighty men. He was surrounded by men of God. How about Moses? God gave him Aaron and Joshua. Think about the fiery furnace. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They had each other and Daniel. They had people in their even though times. What about Peter? Peter had the rest of the apostles. What about Paul? Paul always had traveling companions. Always. Who is surrounding you? Who do you have surrounding you? In Hebrews chapter 12, it says, verse 1, it says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out before us. You know, I've always read this passage and only thought of the people in Scripture because it comes right after Hebrews chapter 11. We just, you read Hebrews 11 and it's all about the Hall of Fame of Faith. But then you get to Hebrews chapter 12 and it says this right off the gate. So I'm like, okay, so, so Joseph and Moses and all of these people, these big pillars of faith, that's who I think about. But there are living witnesses surrounding us. If you're a part of a community of Christians, you are surrounded by living witnesses. And I know what you're thinking. Mike, we're supposed to be socially distant. Don't give me that bullcrap. We have more ability to stay connected than any generation ever. Boom. I told you before, I hate Zoom, but we have Zoom. We have Facebook. We have instant messenger. We have text messaging. We have phone calls. We have video chats. There's so much. You don't have to be in person to be connected. Yes, you want a hug every once in a while. I get that. Mike, I live alone. I'm, I get that. There are people who live alone. But we have ways of being connected. We have ways of having that ability to build each other up. There are ways to be connected, six feet apart, masked up, so you can meet in person if you aren't, if the electronics aren't helping you. If you aren't staying connected, there really aren't any excuses other than you're not staying connected. We need connection. I need to be surrounded by positive people. I need to be a positive person in somebody's life. I'm thinking of a young man right now who's just struggling. And Cassie and I talked about it this morning. And we're like, how can we do something for him other than just saying, love you on a Facebook post? Because words are great. Actions are more. And I want to do something for him other than just sending a little gift that says ghost hug. You can't feel it, but it's there. It's there. And I hope you're watching this and I hope you know I love you and I want to do something for you. I just don't know how yet. Who is surrounding you? Who are your mighty men, your mighty women? Who's your group that you're connected to? You need that. We need that. We need positive people in our lives and we need to be positive people in our lives. Mike, there's just so much negative. Focus on the positive. 
Focus on the positive, be the positive person. Mike, that's easy for you. Sometimes it is. But I choose to focus on the positive. You know, the third thing that I do, it's, pro it's the most important. It's the most important. And this morning, as I was getting ready for the sermon, I forgot my keys, so I couldn't come into the church building yet. And I had to wait for people. Usually I get here like half an hour before people, and I go over my lesson, and I'm like, it's nice and quiet and dark, and I like it. Couldn't, so I sat in the car, and I was going over my lesson, and I turned on some music, and I was rocking out to, for King and Country. And I was rocking out to some sermon lessons. Yes, you can rock out to sermon lessons. Maybe not mine, but there are some. Because I was seeking the one who is in control. That's your third thing. Seek the one who is in control. Uh, a few weeks ago, we were in our guy group, uh, our small, our adult small group, and the guys were off to the side, and I was like, guys, I really want to hear what you're learning about, because it seems like I'm talking a lot about what I'm learning, because I've been doing all this studying and stuff, but I want to hear what you guys are learning about. And, and one guy was like, I'm going to be real. I haven't been in my word. I haven't been in God's word for a while. You know, with all this COVID and quarantine, I really don't have the time, and he stopped. Because he was about to make an excuse that he was too busy and didn't have the time during quarantine. He stopped himself and realized what he was about to say was stupid. Mike, you shouldn't use that word. You're right. But there are other words that are much worse that I could have used. We need to seek the one who is in control. Yes, it's 2020, but you know what? God's still on the throne. He's still in control. He still is our king John 16:33 says I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace in Christ we may have peace in this world you will have trouble in this world you will have even though times but take heart I have overcome the world Take heart, I am in the even though times. Psalm 121, 1 through 2 says, I look up to the mountains and the hills, longing for God's help. But then I realize that our true help and protection come only from the Lord, our creator who made the heavens and the earth. James 1, 2 through 4 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, whenever you face even though times, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Mike, are you saying I can grow in these even though times? I'm going to start calling them that. I'm going to stop saying in these uncertain times. I'm just going to call them even though times. Can we just do that? That'd be awesome. Even though times. Let's do that. I can grow and mature even in these even though times. You know, probably you can grow and mature in these even though times faster. Because growing in your faith seems to happen more when there's trouble. Because you have to rely on God more. We kind of get stagnant when life is easy and we're blessed. It's easy to love God and praise God when your table is full. Can we go back to Psalms 23? In Psalms 23, there was a 
there's a, a passage in that passage that talks about Thanksgiving. Did you see that? Not, not like being thankful, but the actual celebration of Thanksgiving. It says, you prepare a table before me. When I hear that, I think turkey. And I think mashed taters, candy games, burnt croissants. Love you, Suzanne. And, and green beans. And can you imagine that table? Look at that table. Look at it right now. So full, surrounded by family. My mouth is watering right now. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. In the presence of my enemies? You can be thankful. You can celebrate Thanksgiving in the presence of your enemies. That sounds like an even though time. Just think about that. All the crap going on in this world, everything, everything, all this, there's so much that we could focus on negative. We were talking about the, four, the fires out in Colorado because one of our favorite places is Estes Park. And we went hiking up this trail to Emerald Lake and it, it's the picture on my phone. And my dad showed me a picture. It's a signpost of Bear Lake and Emerald Lake and it's surrounded by charred wood. I can focus on that and be depressed. Or I can think about that God's still on the throne and sometimes a forest fire brings out new growth. And that one day that is going to be beautiful again. In the presence of my enemies, you set a table before me. I'm going to eat Thanksgiving, even though. Well, Mike, some places are saying we can't have Thanksgiving. We can only have six people at Thanksgiving. Well, you know, I saw on Facebook that uh, you can have a funeral for 30, with 30 people. So on Thanksgiving, I know Sarah Jones is doing this. I'm going to do it too. Um, we're going to have a funeral for our pet turkey. So 30 people can show up, it'll be delicious. In Hebrews chapter 12, and we're gonna finish with this. It's not on your notes, but in Hebrews chapter 12, where we read verse one, I wanna read verse two. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna start back in verse one. And let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. And in verse two, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. This morning, I want you to fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Christ. Even though, even though, I don't know, there could be more trouble in your life right now than what I've talked about. Even though, fix your eyes on Christ. Even though the world seems to be falling apart. 
Jesus has already conquered the world. He's sitting at the right hand of God on the throne. He endured the cross and it's shame for you. If you're somebody and you don't know what I'm talking about right here, you're like, what does that mean to endure the cross? Find a Christian who loves scripture. Ask them to share with you what they know about Jesus. He's knocking at the door of your heart right now. Mike, you're talking about all this wishful thinking and there's craziness going on. Yeah, there's craziness going on. But you know, we're a part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. It doesn't matter what happens here. I fix my eyes on Christ. And if I keep my eyes focused on him, I select my focus. And I surround myself with a great crowd of witnesses. Great cloud of witnesses. And I focus on Jesus. No matter what happens in this life, I am secure in the next. Where are you? Jesus wants you to make a decision this morning. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so blessed that you are on the throne. You are so amazing. I am so encouraged by your word and by people who love your word. People who, who get on stuff like this, who put out your message into the internet, into the world. They put themselves out there. And there are so many trolls in this world right now, God, that just want to knock them back down and hurt them. I'm so grateful for your people who are willing to do that, Father, who encourage me, who are so positive in my life, even though they might be in Raleigh, North Carolina, or down in Oklahoma City, or somewhere in Texas, or somewhere out in California, or somewhere right here in East Alton, Illinois, God. Thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for their courage. Thank you so much for them trying to put positivity in this world, whether it's through a sermon or through a song or just sharing your word. God, just reading your word or posting your word on Facebook to encourage somebody. Thank you so much for all of that, Father. Thank you so much for putting positive things in this world right now where it seems so dark. Thank you so much for the people who helped put this together. I want to pray for the people who are struggling right now, whether they have COVID or they know someone who has COVID or their life is being detrimentally affected because of COVID. They're worried about their paycheck, Father. They're worried about their pantry. They're worried about their children. They're worried about their parents. They're worried about just family, God. There's so much that we could just worry about. There seems to be so little to be grateful for, to be thankful for. But I'm so glad that you want to fill our hearts, that we can be thankful. We can be full, God. You're setting a table in the presence of our enemies because you are awesome. God, you are so good to us. I want to pray for anybody who's watching this that doesn't know you, that doesn't have the security that, that we have. I pray that they can find you. You're not far from any of us, and you're right there with them right now. You're knocking on their heart. God, I pray that they open their heart to you and that they welcome you in. So this fullness that I'm talking about, that, that we're talking about, they can experience that, God. 
Thank you so much for your son coming to this earth, even though he went through some even though times, God. And he, he looked at it with joy. Thank you so much for that, God. Help us to focus on him and just remember what he's done for us. It's in your name I pray. Amen.